0: What is up, everyone? I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks, and in today's video, we've got, I mean, dude, we're coming off of probably, I'd say, the biggest uh, upset in terms of just understanding the context of the situation. You know, the, the Knicks were playing without Jalen Brunson, you know, uh, at, at TD Bank you know, in Boston, hostile environment, playoff environment. The Knicks were up double digits in the fourth quarter. They blow that lead. The Celtics soar back. They surge back into the game. They looked like they were going to kind of take over at that point. You know, the Knicks Emmanuel quickly had been playing, you know, 40-plus minutes at that point. Randall was probably getting tired. And, I mean, they still pulled it off. The Knicks pulled off a double overtime win over the Boston Celtics without Jalen Brunson. That's a huge win. They they go 4-0 in that week. They played Boston twice. They played Miami. They played Brooklyn. And they swept it. So – Um, You know, there is a lot to talk about. I think with that game, there is a big game. uh, There's a big West Coast trip coming up, but we're not going to overlook the Charlotte game. We'll talk about that as well. Um, But before we get into everything, Dylan, how are you doing today, my friend? I imagine you're flying high after that win.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I'm doing great. You know, that Celtics win was amazing. I mean, you couldn't have, you can't really do anything better with that. You know, you came back down huge. You were already shorthanded without Brunson and quickly just had the game of his life, really. I mean, 38 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, something like that. I mean, he almost put up a 40-point triple-double in a spot start. I mean, how can you not love that? You know, and he's already been phenomenal as a sixth man this year. Now he's the betting favorite to win sixth man of the year, you know, and rightfully so because he's been just phenomenal. And, I mean, 4-0 in that week, two Boston games, a Nets game, and a Heat game, I mean, that's amazing. You you literally couldn't have done that any better. You know, you had – I think you had a great balance of two, like – statement blowout wins and then like two heartbreakers you know you handed a heartbreaker to Miami and then you crushed Boston in double overtime I mean you know you you basically won in any way you could and they did it I mean they just did phenomenal I mean they, they've won nine straight games you know they have a Charlotte game tonight you know you don't want to overlook Charlotte that you know it's still an NBA team but they're definitely a much weaker opponent compared to who we've been playing lately you know and we, we look like we're in prime position to go for 10 straight wins. And I mean, we're playing at home tonight. So that's also a huge thing. We've been winning games at home now lately. So, I mean, everything's going right for us. I mean, now, you know, teams like all media members and stuff are looking at us like, you know, we're a legit team. We're a legit contender now. I mean, I saw NBA.com has us ranked fifth in the power rankings. CBS had us ranked number one, which, you know, that, which is still a wild thing to be, but, but, I think that just kind of shows like just how much like has changed over the course of the past few weeks and how much, like how much more serious they're taking us, you know, maybe, maybe some things are being blown out of proportion, maybe not, but regardless, it's been an enjoyable winning streak right now. It's been an enjoyable stretch. We've seen a bunch of great play from pretty much everybody. I mean, everything is clicking. Everyone's playing well. I mean, you really can't write this any better for them. I mean, They've just been doing everything perfectly, and I mean, you, you got to give credit to not only the players but to even Tom Thibodeau too. Thibodeau made that coaching change, that not coaching change, that rotation change back in uh early December, and I mean, it's just it's worked perfectly. We're we have the second best record in the NBA in that span. I think we're what twenty nine and fourteen. That's on pace for like well over fifty five wins. I mean, we're, everything's been going good, you know, and you got to give you got to tip your cap to Tom Thibodeau for that. I know Knicks fans are not. You know, I know he's not the most popular guy amongst Knicks fans, but, you know, he has done much better this year compared to last year in terms of his coaching. His rotations look better. He's trying things new if something isn't working. You know, obviously he's not perfect. I think a lot of us – I think everyone can agree with that. Not a perfect coach. But so far what he has done has definitely been a step in the right direction. It gives me hope that maybe in the playoffs we can do – we can make some serious noise – do some good things in the playoffs, whether it's something with the rotation or something with the schemes, anything like that. But point is, you know, this run has been very encouraging. It's been definitely encouraging for me to see because, you know, you I always in the beginning of the season, I was like, OK, they're going to be a playing team. I don't think they're going to get very far if they make the playoffs. They won't get past first round right now. I'm expecting to get past first round. My, maybe my expectations are a little high, but I'm expecting a first round win and maybe 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 a second round win. But, you know, a second round exit seems a little little more realistic, but my expectations are definitely up now. I think a lot of like people around the leagues, their expectations about the Knicks are up. And I mean just you know, to wrap up the point real fast, everything about the Knicks is trending upwards and you love to see it right now in a time like this. Right now it's just they're thriving. They're doing everything right and you, you love to see it.
0: Yeah, the way I look at it is, you know, you've hit every single point that I think is important for a lot of people to hear. Number one, everyone is clicking now. I feel like RJ Barrett's played better, you know, since the All-Star break. And I think that's something that um, we'll definitely get into. Um, You know, you mentioned Emmanuel quickly spot start. Emmanuel quickly, I think that was – I think getting a a, a chance to be on the national stage – and have a performance like that was what he needed, right? Not because we didn't know he was that good, not because we had you know reservations or question marks about whether Emmanuel quickly was a was a very good basketball player or not. Because everyone the everyone outside of New York, everyone that isn't a Knicks fan, everyone that is like, oh, I wonder how how the Emmanuel quickly is this year. You know, I, I wonder why they we're getting hearing you know six Man of the Year buzz. As you mentioned with the odds, they reflect it. He was what plus three thousand at one point last week, and now he's all the way up to the favorite. There's a reason for that because Emmanuel quickly showed that, you know, that was his kind of his, um, He's showing out party, an ability, the, the the chance to show to everyone this dude's legit. He's a really good NBA player. I view Emmanuel Quickly as this team's third best player, right? You have Jalen Brunson, you have Julius Randle, one A, one B type situation. Put him however you want to put him. But Emmanuel Quickly is this team's third best player this year. Um, he's played to a phenomenal level. I mean, he's played at a phenomenal level. He's played at a phenomenal rate. This is the most efficient he's been in his career with a fifty-seven point seven percent true shooting percentage. It's right around league average, which is something that you typically see smaller guards struggle with. Um, and he's averaging over thirteen points a game, as you mentioned. You know whether it's as a starter, whether it's off the bench, whatever role the Knicks have needed Emmanuel quickly to play. Emmanuel quickly played it, and he's played at a very high level. Um, and, and as it's it's the term we've been using for him is glue guy. Everyone just gets better when they play with Emmanuel quickly. The team plays better with Emmanuel quickly. Um, you know, a couple of key stats here that I think are, are, are fun to look at. You know, obviously there's, you know, I think that that this one circulated around, I think around two weeks ago, where he's like fourth in defensive field goal percentage. He's top 10 in defensive rating, right? I mean, you don't really see a lot of guards here. Uh, you know, the one that stands out is Alex Caruso, um, but I mean, when you're talking about being a defensive guard on the level of an Alex Caruso, or even in the same conversation, we're talking about an elite level defensive guard here. Um, the offense has been there. The I think he's just, he's, he's taken that next step uh, this year into kind of, uh, marrying that offense we saw in the first year and the defensive progression we saw in the second year, and he's gotten better in both regards. But he's married these two aspects of his of his game together, and and that was the difference. That is that is why this team. That is a huge reason why this team is the way it is right now. Um, you know, I have a friend. His name's Ethan. He's NY sports fan Kush on Twitter. He was t- he he said this, and I think it, it's it's perfectly said. Jalen Brunson was didn't play that night, and I think it was a good example to say show a good way to show that this team isn't just Jalen Brunson was added onto the 2021 team. It's Jalen Brunson was added on to the to this team, and the players that remain from that 2021 team either improved or you know maintained a high level of play. Right, you know whether it's Mitchell Robinson just continuing to be good or Emmanuel Cookie taking a step forward or Julius Randle taking a step forward. This team isn't just 2021 plus jalen brunson and a fluke run and this team is just red hot this is a team that was good in 2020 but just wasn't good enough And 2021, they took a step back. And now in 2021, 2022, or this year, or 2023 now, um, now we have a team that has that same depth that the 2020 and 2021 teams had in terms of their bench scoring. But the starting lineup is better than it's ever been. And Emmanuel quickly has been the perfect sixth man for this team. I'm so excited uh, to continue to see him play. Um, But kind of highlighting, you know, some other guys who have performed well lately, you know, I know Josh Hart's kind of gone a little quiet in the scoring department, but he's continued to play well. What do you think his impact on the bench unit, which play, I mean, they went on that big run in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, excuse me. What role do you think he's, how do you think his impact goes beyond just scoring?
1: Right, right. So, you know, Josh Hart's obviously not been scoring a lot like you mentioned, but he provides such an impact on the rebounding and the defense. I think that goes a long way because, You know, when Mitchell Robertson's on the floor, for example, our rebounding is shot. You know, we take a massive hit when he's not on the floor. And, you know, we know he gets into foul trouble quite a bit. So that's when we need Josh Hart. You know, I think we saw it in the Boston game quite a bit. You know, we had a few instances where Randall was at the five. And, you know, Randall is not a traditional center, obviously. He's a power forward. But Randall is, you know, he's six foot nine. So they're going to try him out at the five here and there. But still, like, you know, he's not. And even though Randall is getting a lot of rebounds, like this season, you know, it's a little tougher for him to match up with, like, big centers, especially guys like, you know, Al Horford, who's a big guy. Or, like, you know, on a traditional night, you would have Robert Williams at Boston, but he wasn't there the other night. But still, my point is, like, Randall's not the type of guy to match up with big centers. And that's where Josh Hart comes in because he could get those rebounds. He's active on the glass. He helps fight for rebounds. You know, he gets those tips. Those little tips are a big thing because even just a simple tip or making rebound contested for them – not only helps you in transition defense if you don't get the rebound, but it also helps, you know, if you do tip it in the right spot, you can get the rebound. You know, someone else someone else in the Knicks might get the rebound, get you a second chance bucket. It goes a long way. It's the little things that get that make a big difference. And I think that's what Josh Hart provides. You know, he's not a loud box score guy. I think we know that by now. He's had a couple big games like that, but I think we know traditionally he's not the type of guy to consistently give you like 25 at night, but he gives you he just gives you an impact. You know, he gives you the impact you don't see on the box score. He gives you the impact on the rebounding, the fighting, the hustle. I think that's a big thing right there, the hustle. Like we don't I think that's a big difference too with this team than it was last year. The hustle. Like they, they just seem to be trying much harder. Everything's like kicked up a notch. Like their their effort level is like way higher you know they're fighting hard for rebounds they're trying to get good shots they're fighting hard for for buckets inside they're doing everything they can to try to get get points or get stops anything they can do and they're they're hustling they're playing hard i think josh hart kind of you know leveled that a little bit i think bringing in Jalen brunson was the big thing with the hustle thing but then josh hart kind of elevated that even more to like you know, just a team full of hustlers, gritty, grinding players that can, they, you know, just go get it. They just go after it. And, you know, like to wrap up my point, I think just those, that kind of impact that Hart provides is something that, you know, we really shouldn't take for granted because we see it already. We're 9-0 with him. We haven't lost with him. and It's been about three weeks. I mean, you know, it's a small sample size, of course, but like I've mentioned this a few times in our previous episodes, we've already seen enough of what he provides we've seen enough. We've seen more than enough really. And I think we need to like, you know, as long as he's, I expect him to continue to keep doing that, but you know, just everything he does, it fits well with our unit. He's a Tibbs guy and it just, you know, the play style works, everything that he's been doing, it fits well with us. It fits well with our culture. It fits well perfectly. I think, you know, it's a guy that we need to keep around for a while because like You know, if he keeps performing like this, you know, you've already seen we're already like people are talking about us being contenders. And it's only been nine games with Josh Hart, you know, just in a three week swing. All of a sudden, the narrative has changed from a fringe playoff team to a contender, you know. So having Josh Hart for a full season could really get us to like where we really, really want to be. You know, right now, 50 wins looks like a real possibility. You know, it's it's going to be difficult. You, they're going to have to go like I think eleven and five the rest of the way to get uh, fifty wins, but that's not impossible by any means. And especially with the way this Knicks team is rolling, they definitely can do that. You know, they've already they've already won nine straight. And they, I saw they have like the twenty third hardest schedule left, so they just got through the toughest part of their of this final stretch. You know, without losing, they went undefeated. I mean, that's like everything. You know, the Knicks are a team right now that we need to be talking about because like. They are someone that like you don't want to face the playoffs. If you're a different team right now and you're watching what the Knicks are doing, you're thinking like, okay, these guys are a lot better than we thought. We need to take these guys seriously, and I think like Josh Hart coming in really like put a stamp on that. Like, okay, we're we're a deep team. We're a hustle team. We play hard. We go for wins. We do. We play until the final buzzer, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I dude, I I think that's a perfect way to kind of encapsulate what Josh Hart has brought to this team. And I know you mentioned this in your first point with Tom Thibodeau, where I've been someone who's vocally critical of him. And as you mentioned, you know, this team has a different energy to them. And if I'm going to attribute, you know, when this team wasn't playing well to to Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to attribute, you know, when this team looked lackadaisical, when this team looked, um, you know, not cohesive as an offense to Tom Thibodeau, when this team does come together, I have to also attribute that to Tom Thibodeau, right? Josh Hart has mentioned he loves playing for Tibbs. You know, he thinks that's the, he's mentioned before, even before you know the Knicks were rumored to trade for him. Uh, I forget how long ago this was, but he mentioned that Tom Thibodeau he felt like was the was was he plays a Tom Thibodeau's type of basketball, and he would play for Tom Thibodeau if given the opportunity. Um, this is a match made in heaven. Jalen Brunson, uh, Josh Hart, guys like that, they really push the pace. Um, As you mentioned, you know, Josh Hart is someone who's going to fight for rebounds. He creates turnovers, which I think is a big thing too. This team defensively, you know, in, in terms of defensive rating and defensive metrics, they're not bad. They're kind of like around league average a little bit better, right? Uh, but it feels like they've gotten better as the season's gone on. I feel like, re, you know, getting Mitch back is obviously a big part of that. The, the acquisition of Josh Hart, things of that nature, allow you to run out better defensive lineups. Um, and, and quite frankly, it's showed, right? They've, they've been able to stave off some pretty tough offenses, um, you know? And, and another thing too is I, I'm looking at, you know, Josh Hart, I'm looking at Emmanuel quickly. I'm looking at, you know, just the guys that are around Julius Channel and Jalen Brunson. This team is really well built. This team is really well constructed. A lot of that, in my opinion, goes to Leon Rose. He's done an excellent job building this team. to so the way it is right now, we're, we're at this point, we have plenty of picks, right? This team has a lot of picks. And I was looking at this, you know, the Knicks top three highest salaries. So the highest, the three most expensive players on the Knicks roster, they're in the bottom third in the league in terms of their the the salaries of their of their trio, right? So that trio currently I believe is Emmanuel Quickly, Julius, not Emmanuel Quickly, excuse me, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and uh Evan Fournier. Um That's incredible to me that you're in the bottom half, you're in the bottom third of the league in terms of how much money you're attributing to your three highest paid players, and they don't have one of the highest payrolls in the NBA, and they're still able to do this. They have flexibility, they'll have flexibility to to potentially bring in another star player, bring in that number one option. You know what I mean? I I don't know who that player is. I I think that that is something for the offseason. We are in right now, I'm focusing on the right now, but... Leon Rose has done a great job putting this team together. Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau is kind of – this team's embraced his mentality. Um, I think he's also improved in terms of – he's made adjustments. I don't think it's just like, you know, the team just started playing better. Obviously, as a coach, you have to make adjustments in order for your team to go on a stretch like this. And you mentioned it with the schedule. This was the part of the schedule that every Knicks fan was dreading. We're like, man, this is tough. This is like crap, you know, like – Boston, you know, not Boston. Brooklyn is, probably doesn't have this tough of a schedule. You know, the, Miami's not gonna have to play the, this gauntlet of a, of a week right now, and this could hurt us. And the Knicks swept that 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 week. The Knicks, the Knicks swept it, right? Charlotte, as you mentioned, you can't overlook them. You've got to play them like you'd play any other NBA team. You know but you're going out West. And I think it's important to have built that cushion going out West. We've talked about this in the last episode when we were kind of hinting at this West coast trip. You know, it's tough to play out West when you're in, if you're an Eastern conference team, not that, you know, the you know, it's not like you go out West and you're like scared or anything, but you know, it's time changes. You're tired. You're fatigued. These guys are human. They're not robots. You know, they feel things right. So um, it, it, they got a tough road trip ahead. If they can, it, you know, this is huge for their, for the, not only their playoff odds, but for their chance at the fifth seed, the holding potentially, you just need to get the fifth seed, really. Fifth seed, and, and and you really are putting yourself in a good position. As you mentioned, if they face off against the Cavs in the first round, my expectation is I want them to beat that team. I, I, I don't want to – I'm not going to be like, oh, we got swept. while well, we weren't supposed to be here. I'd be disappointed with that. I think we're at the point where I'd be disappointed if this team got embarrassed in the first round. If they lose in seven, it's a hard-fought series. It's going to break my heart, but I'm not going to be too upset. But if this team gets embarrassed in the first round, yeah, it'll be upsetting because this team set this standard. This team, We've seen how this team can play. Right? Are they inconsistent at times? Sure. In the Boston game, did it? Did it? In the Miami game, was the, were those the two prettiest wins in the world? No. Do I care? Absolutely not. Because you're gonna win. You're gonna have to play dog fights like that. The Knicks were losing dog fights like that. Prior to that game, they were three and six in overtime. Three and six, they were losing these dogfights. So it's 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 a good sign to see them winning these things. You know, these are these are at that point you're a double overtime. That's a matter of your mental toughness, your your ability to just pursue on. Mendo quickly didn't sit in the second half. He played two quarters and two overtimes, did not sit and got better. That speaks to this team's toughness. So, uh, and Jalen Brunson, I imagine the, the Knicks probably had to fight Jalen Brunson to, to, to sit out that game against Boston. I imagine he wasn't very happy about that. Uh, but I, I love that mentality from these guys, you know? Um, so, looking at this West Coast trip, though, and, and I, again, don't want to overlook Charlotte, but Charlotte is tonight, and the West Coast trip is a little more of an extended uh, thing, and we don't, we're not going to be able to record right after the Charlotte game. So, um, I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think is a reasonable expectation for this West Coast trip? What are some things you'd like to see, and who are some guys you'd like to see kind of get back into rhythm if you feel like you know they haven't been playing to their standard as of late
1: right so you know to just bring up the west coast trip i mean i think it gets off to a start where you want to continue to make a statement because their first game on the west coast trip is against sacramento sacramento has been really good this year they're one of the best offenses in the nba they've been great with pace they kill you with pace they kill you with threes they can kill you and i think you know, it's, it got bumped to national TV a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, and the NBA clearly views that as an important game. And I think the Knicks should view that as an important game too because it puts a stamp like, okay, we've beaten these teams in the East. Now we can handle you guys in the West, you know. So, and you know, I think – so if you get off to a good start there in Sacramento, it can set the tone for the rest of the trip. And I think they have games against like Portland LA, and I think both L.A. teams. So, you can set the tone for that because, you know, Sacramento is – I like to compare Sacramento to the Knicks in a way because, okay, maybe maybe the Knicks are a little better defensively, but offensively they're very similar, I think, because they both have two of the clutches guys in the league. You know, Sacramento has De'Aaron Fox. We have Jalen Brunson. They have two all-star they, – they each have an all-star big man. They had Damanis Bonus. We had Julius Randle. You know, we've always seen how those matchups go, though Julius Randle usually gives him the work. I think we know that by now, <laughs> but, you know – The offensive though, I think it's similar in a way because they look to score in the perimeter a lot, but they also try to get inside at times and they try to go to the inside with their star players. And I think like, you know, so looking at that, it's a good matchup right there. I think that's a great matchup, really. That's it should be a competitive game when we get to Sacramento. But that's, you know, obviously two games from now. We still got Charlotte tonight. But looking overall at the West Coast trip, I think they can use they can take advantage of that and try to put a further statement, a bigger statement in bolder letters, you know, like we are good. We are really good. Stop sleeping on us. We, we are good. We're going to make a run and you know, we're going to make a run. So change the narrative about us because we're going to, we're, we're here. We're a good team. And if they can, you know, get off to a good start in the West coast trip with Sacramento, again, that sets a tone. I think, you know, just a good West coast trip overall will really like set the tone overall for the finish of the season. Cause then they come back home and they have some, Some games on the East Coast. I think they have a game against Cleveland at the very end of the season, and then like in the the beginning of April, they have a couple like closeout games against like the Pelicans, the Pacers, and the Wizards. You know, some some just closeout games. So you want to get through this part of the schedule right here because this really is like the final stretch, really, right here. This West Coast trip. This is basically where we'll we'll determine where they're going to finish, right? So if they can get a good trip, we could maybe look at four seed, but you know, likely we might end up as a fifth seed. South, uh, Cavaliers had a huge win last night against Boston. You know, Grant Williams missed both those free throws at the end of regulation. It completely took took any momentum away from Boston. You kind of knew Boston was going to end up losing in overtime because that that that's a that's a tough one to swallow, you know. So seeing that, you know, you probably think Cleveland's going to get the fourth seed. That was a huge win for them, really, because, like, I know that Cleveland doesn't have, like, a crazy tough schedule the rest of the way. So Cleveland getting that win kind of, like, so I wouldn't say solidified 4C for them because anything could happen down this final stretch and we still have another game against them, so anything can change. But I think that's a big momentum swing. I think it's also like, you know, it hurts for for the Knicks a little bit because they're probably seeing that. Because if the Cavs lost that game, we would have had the 4C tonight if we were to win. We would have been in prime position to take it. But, you know, with the Cavs winning, we can't do that. That's probably like, you know, a little bit of a gut, to, gut punch to the Knicks a little bit. Like, you know, ah. Uh, we could have had a chance. We were it was right there, but now we got to keep fighting. And hopefully the mentality is that they keep fighting because, you know, it seems like right now that is their mentality. Just keep on winning. Keep foot on the gas. Don't slow down. But, you know, looking ahead, let's just hope for a good West Coast trip like we've been talking about. That's a big thing. It's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, time zone change. You know, it's just a lot different being in the West Coast compared to the East Coast on New York. So we'll see how the, how the West Coast goes. I'm hoping it goes well. I'm pretty sure you are too. I know the Knicks are looking at it as like a big, big trip. I'm sure they're looking at it that way. And like you said, you know, we're going to, they're going to try to have all their guys play as much as they can. Like you said, Jalen Brunson probably was fighting to, to be able to play against Boston. And they told him, no, it was probably the smart decision at the end of the day. And I mean, in hindsight, you know, it didn't hurt us. We ended up winning. So that was big, you know, winning without Brunson was a huge thing. It kind of showcased our depth a little bit, I thought, but you know, if we can have our guys on the stretch and have a good West Coast trip, I'm anticipating a good finish. I'm anticipating a thrilling finish because maybe you know, it may go down to the last game for all we know if that's four spot, which, you know, obviously makes a huge difference between who gets home court and who doesn't. And so you know, I, I wish I want us to get home court. I know we actually we play better on the road, ironically, but in the playoffs it's a different environment. It's a different scheme. I think you need to get the home court in the playoffs, especially with MSG and how row, how rowdy those fans can be and how loud they are and how they always show out. You know, you want you want to be able to get those games at MSG, especially in the playoffs. I mean, it's just that's just what you want. So yeah, looking ahead, let's just get a good West Coast trip, finish out strong, you know, and see where it takes us. Let's hope for a good let's hope for a good spot.
0: But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree in the sense that like, you know, at this point, you're just trying to, you're just trying to, you're, you're fo- at this point, you're kind of focusing on yourself, not in a sense that you're not paying attention to the Cavs, but you're focusing on just handling your business. Because if you handle your business, you're going to be in a good spot come postseason. Um, and, you know, kind of looking at guys like, you know, as you've mentioned, you know, you're looking at teams like the Cavs, you know, you're looking at Brooklyn, you're looking at Miami, you know, obviously, because they're all kind of bunched up a little bit, um. But, you know, I, I feel pretty good about this team right now, so I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, kind of highlighting someone that I think is 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 kind of primed to have a pretty good, pretty big West Coast trip. Um, I, I, I've seen the signs, man. I, I think the, the way RJ has been playing lately is definitely better than the style of basketball he's playing previous. Now, yesterday, obviously, he took a bunch of shots, and that's because, you know, Jalen Brunson was out, so he had to be the secondary scoring option for uh, Julius Randle, uh, and Emmanuel quickly decided, you know, he was going to go off as well. So they had three three guys with really big scoring nights. But um, kind of looking at, you know, his, his – his, I know box score plus minus isn't everything, but it, it's a metric he hasn't performed well in this year, and he's been in the positive since the all-star break. He's shooting 40% from three since that point, 47% from the field. He's taking fewer shot attempts. I, I think he's kind of realizing, you know, he can't – not that he can't, but he can't try to force himself into this offense. He can't try to, you know, be in the starting lineup and force himself uh, into, into taking shots that, quite frankly, shouldn't be taking, right? You don't need to take eight shots in the first quarter because you're scared that you're not going to get the ball in the second half, right? You know, it, it, it's something where I think he's kind of just letting the game come to him. If he scores 16 on one night, you know, it is what it is. That's fine. If he, if he plays strong defense, if that 16 points he got, he didn't have to take too many shots to get to those 16. It's a good night. You know, again, it's something where he has the talent to just let the game come to him and play good basketball and play a good band brand of basketball. And this Knicks team has adopted a very strong style of basketball, very sustainable, successful. Form of basketball and if rj is able to, to kind of seamlessly transition into that new role for him um you know he's going to be a big a big com- contributor a big component uh, to this team's success this team's in the large for the for the most part this team's performed so well in spite of rj's inconsistencies in spite of you know it, it feels like he may be pressing a little bit right we see this in a lot in across any sport really you know when it got when guys press things go south but when he looks confident when he when, when he's kind of just buying into this system i feel like that 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 kind of that that lack of I don't know how to put it, that lack of confidence that you're going to get the ball in the second half kind of evaporates. This guy's been a good fourth quarter performer for the Knicks as of late, right? You know, I I think he's just got to trust his game and trust that the game will come to him and he'll get his points. He'll get his touches. He'll, he'll get his production. You know, what are you seeing from RJ Barrett lately that can indicate maybe a strong West coast trip? Maybe, you know, he kind of has his signature moment over this West coast trip. What are you seeing from RJ Barrett since the all-star break?
1: Right. So I'm seeing more confidence out of RJ for sure. You know, before he was taking a lot of shots, and, you know, it did, he, did, he didn't seem confident in his shots. Whatever it was, it didn't seem, didn't feel right when he would like take a bunch of threes. You know, it didn't seem like he was really getting in a rhythm. It seemed like he was kind of forcing himself to get in a rhythm. Now he's kind of just letting the game flow with him. And I think, like you know, I think we saw that against Boston. He had a great first quarter against Boston. He had, like fourteen points, he was five of eight, so he not only was efficient, but he was he was getting to the bucket. He was scoring. I know that game's a little bit of an anomaly because Brunson was out. So we might, it might not be the same when Brunson's back in. But regardless, I think that's encouraging to see without a doubt because, you know, like you've mentioned, RJ's had his inconsistencies. We're still winning despite that. But, you know, you don't want it to continue into the playoffs. You don't want it to overlap in the playoffs because in the playoffs, we're going to need him a bit because, you know, the game plan for opposing teams is going to be to stop Brunson and Randall. Those are the two guys that we've depended on all year, and those are the guys that you would you would think we would depend on in the playoffs. So you got to have, like, Barrett – and like quickly, and guys like that be ready to step up when tasked to do so. And I think what we're seeing from Barrett lately is encouraging. That I'm hoping he can continue that into the West Coast trip. I think I think his game against Boston was a confidence boost for him because you know Boston's no t- is obviously not a tough out at all. You know. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown—they have great defenders all around. Marcus Smart, Derek White—they got—they got great defenders. They're pretty much great in every aspect, almost. You know, it's a, there's a reason why Boston's second in the East currently. So, seeing that though, like seeing how well RJ performed against that, it's definitely encouraging. You know, we we saw it last year. You know, he hit the buzzer beater against Tatum, and then he just took off. You know, he had like the best stretch of his career. You know, it looked like he was going to become like the guy going forward. You know, obviously it took a step back this season, but I'm hoping the big game against Boston gives him a confidence boost. Like, okay, I could still be an impactful player and a winning player at that. And you know, ever since the All Star break, his defense has tightened up too. So that's a huge thing because his defense was uh, you know, giving him a bit of trouble prior to the All Star break. I think a lot of us know know that more than anybody else. But you know, seeing seeing the improvement on both sides of the ball is a huge thing. And I'm hoping he continues that into the West Coast because, you know, our first opponent in the West Coast, Sacramento, like I mentioned, they're an offensive juggernaut. So hoping that we gotta hope that one Bear can, can, can contain some of those guys, but I know they're they're tough to contain. So he's gotta be able to match them on the offensive side. And if he's able to do that to a degree, then we're we're in great position to not only have a good West Coast trip, but to finish out strong. And if he can continue playing strong down this final stretch and into the playoffs. We could, have a, we could have a great playoffs from RJ, which I'm really hoping for, because it'll not only make us a deeper team, but I think the difference with RJ, we mentioned it last episode. You said he's like our X factor and I couldn't agree more. He's, you know, he makes the difference between this team being a really good team to a great team, because if he's playing at his best, we're looking at a great team because then you have a legitimate big three. You know, already we have a great trio, but then you're looking at like a legit big three if he's playing at his best level. Because then you'd have three 20 point per game scores that are consistent, and and you know, Barrett's good on both ends. So you have that guy that can do pretty much everything at the wing, which is big. I think that he makes the big difference right there. So if he's playing at his best in the playoffs, we're we're we look really good because then we we look like a tough matchup because then you have to worry about three guys. Now you have to worry not only just about Brunson and Randall, but now you got to worry about Barrett because if Barrett heats up then Barrett will go crazy. So you got that that's that's my point right there. I think that's I think he's a big difference maker. So if he can continue playing as like he did against Boston, then we're in great position and I'm hoping he continues that as we go out west.
0: Yeah, dude. I I think I I think you've hit every point on. I think today you. I mean, you're 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 shooting you're shooting a hundred from the free throw line, man. Or I guess from the, from three. Free throw line would mean like that's those are kind of easier shots. Let's say from three. Of those you got a con- couple of a uh, step back contested three point shots in there too. But in all seriousness, like you know, I I couldn't. I just man, I, I'm running out of words to be like impressed with this team. I'm really like, what else am I supposed to really say? Like, oh yeah, you know, this team is kind of good. I think, you know, we just beat. They shock up. us
1: every night, really. I mean, yeah, every I, night they, every night they raise our expectation. Cause we, we set, we think we set the bark on a high and then they just outlast it. And then we're just like, well, now what do we do? Cause I yeah. mean, like we think we, I mean, we, we were anticipating dropping the Boston game. I mean, Boston's a tough out. That's not like us being pessimistic. That's just Boston's a tough team. You got to be realistic at some point and realize Brunson. like, yeah, no know Jalen Brunson too. And you like, you got to realize like Boston's a great team. So it's like, you take that into account and you're like, okay, realistically they might not win that game. It's just that's sports. They're a better team. I think we all know that, but they've beaten them. They beat them three out of four times this year, Boston. And, you know, we were anticipating, we were saying a good like two and two or three in one week would be a successful week. And they went four and zero. Oh. that's that like completely outdid our expectations. It shocks us. I mean, you know, watching these games and seeing what they're doing. It's just like our jaws are on the floor. Yeah. I mean, we have, we, we really don't know what to say. We're running out of things to talk about. I mean, ever since you and I started doing these podcasts, we have yet to lose. It's superstitious, I know, but we have yet to lose. We keep that going. And I mean, just like everything that we've seen so far is so impressive. I mean, we get more and more impressed with this team each game in and game out. I mean, seeing quickly drop nearly a 40 point triple double national TV against Boston. I mean, that was like, that was like the, the icing on the cake. That was like, wow, this team really is deep. This, we, we thought this team was deep before, but seeing him do that in a spot start, just able to just come right in and do that. Like, I mean, we run out of words here. Like, really, we do. Like, it's just like, what more can we expect? What more can we say? Like. You know, we can't really keep our we, – we can't really have that pessimistic mindset anymore like we used to in previous years. We got to, like, realize, like, we can hold our own against anybody. And I, I that's what I'm feeling. Like, like now I'm feeling confident. Like, I feel confident. You know, obviously, I feel confident against Charlotte. They're not a – they're a significantly weaker opponent. But, like, going into West Coast, I'm confident. You know, I'm confident they can make a good game out of Sacramento, you know, even if they were to drop that game. I'm confident they can make a competitive all, all four quarters, all final, all 48 minutes. Like, I love what this team's doing right now. It's really impressed me. It's really impressed a lot of us. I mean, I'm sure Knicks fans are thinking the same thing right now. And just everything about the Knicks is, is good vibes. Like, as, as it's all been saying, it's immaculate right now. The vibes are immaculate. Everything is just phenomenal. And I love what we're seeing. It's so impressive. I couldn't be any more happy right now.
0: Yeah, dude, it's dude, the, the way I the way I'm gonna describe it, and I, I've used this for for baseball. And if, if Nick is listening to this, Nick, you know what I'm about to say. The boys are bopping right now. Right, the boys, the boys are bopping right now. This team is on. This team is just playing at such a high level, um, and and this team is continuing to impress. You know, again, they've won in multiple different ways. They win big. You know, they win games that you know they're dog fights, like playoffs atmospheres. It's like Miami and Boston. Those games on the road, man, those are playoff atmospheres. This team stepped up, and as you mentioned, they broke their hearts. They broke. The Celtics have been free falling since we've we since they met us. I mean, they haven't haven't looked the same since, right? Um, But in all seriousness, you know. Uh, this team as you said you know there's not there's not really much more i can add that you said but um, you know, I, I, ultimately, I hope you guys are just as excited as we are about this team. I hope you guys are enjoying this run just as much as we are. We are all over the place with content for you guys. We got you guys with podcasts. We've got you guys with highlights. We got you guys with the Twitter. All of the links for all of our socials are in the description. We've got graphics, stats, anything you guys could possibly need about your New York Knicks. Uh, we've got it, right? We are a one-stop shop for New, York, for New York Knicks content. We love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for the support. Dylan, I don't know if you have anything you'd like to add on before we dip.
1: No, I just, uh, you know, quickly wrap it up. You know, it's very exciting what this team's doing, you know, so if you want to keep looking at some, you know, cool Knicks news or Knicks highlights, just come follow us. You know, we're on Twitter, you know, follow Fireside Knicks on Twitter. I think we're on TikTok now as well. And we're on YouTube, obviously, with these podcasts. So, you know, just keep giving the support. And, I mean, yeah, let's just hope for a great West Coast trip and let's keep it rolling.
0: Simple as that. Yep, and we've got our Twitters above us, so you guys can make sure you guys can follow us there as well and uh, kind of track our next tweets and all that stuff. But I'm Ryan Garcia. That's Dylan Backer. I, I pointed the complete wrong direction. That's Dylan Backer. It's all inverse. <laughs> uh, and I'll, we'll see you guys in the next Fireside next episode.